Welcome to Rock That Relationship, a podcast about all things relationship with Corey and Tracy. Now let's get real and start creating relationships that rock. Welcome back to another episode of Rock That Relationship. This is season two, and we are covering breakups. Today, we're going to be talking about letting go. And what's really interesting about that is that in one of our prior episodes, we talked about whether or not you really can let go. Can you control the process of letting go? And we were sort of a little bit all over the place on that. Yes, in some ways, maybe, and in some ways you can't. So today, we're going to spend the entire episode really talking about what are some of the things that might actually work when it comes to letting go. So you're just out of a, you know, a relationship, a breakup, whether you were broken up with, whether it was mutual or whether, you know, someone, you know, you broke up with someone, any which way it happened, we still have to find ways to let go. So let's start a little bit with talking about the different ways we want to let go. So there's really kind of three big ways of, of letting go or three kind of buckets, uh, physically letting go, emotionally letting go and spiritually letting go. So let's start with physically letting go. So Um, Tracy, talk to us a little bit about what does it mean to you when you are, you know, coming out of a relationship and you know, you need to let go, what are some of the physical things, the logistical things that you do or that, that have worked for you to actually start moving on from a previous relationship? Um, okay. That's a hard one for you. And I'll see. So we're going to talk about successfully letting go. I have successfully let go and I have not successfully let go. So (laughs) I'm no expert in this arena and it kind of makes me, again, this entire season is somewhat distressing to me, but what can you do? Like, that's the thing. When a breakup happens, you just have to deal with it. And I think physically letting go, you got to get rid of the reminders of the person. You got to get rid of the like actual photos. You need to get off of their social media. I know everybody hates that rule and you're pretty good at it, but, um, I think I've, I'm actually really good at it also. And because I find that torturous, I don't want to be tortured. I don't want to torture myself and hanging on to their looking at their social media or, you know, things like that. It really is. It causes torment, you know, maybe right. removing their phone number out of your phone, maybe distancing yourself a little bit from mutual friends. I mean, that's kind of sucky, right? But in some ways it needs to happen or in, in a lot of cases telling people, please don't tell me anything. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear if she's moved on. I don't want to hear if she's dating someone else. I can't handle it. If I'm still hung up on the person, you know? Right. Right. So creating um, some of those physical boundaries. So what you're talking about is, you know, getting rid of stuff, whether that's like the the pillow or their favorite shirt or, you know, a poem you wrote or a picture. And it doesn't mean getting rid of it. And you I mean, you can have an, a, you know, like a burning episode, you want to throw it in a fire, but it doesn't have to be that extreme. It could just be putting it in a box in a drawer, even returning it to the person. What about just, in the trash? Yeah. And the trash works too. I mean, well, and it's so funny because for me, I never knew what ended up sort of setting me off. So there were big things like photographs. I'm like, eh, those are cool memories. I really liked hiking that mountain or whatever it Mm -hmm. might be or going on this trip. But the part that got me was the, the food. 
So, mm. um, I, I drink decaf coffee. And so one of my exes drank caffeinated coffee and it was way like months after we had broken up and I opened up this cupboard. I never opened up and there was caffeinated coffee in there and I almost lost it. I'm thinking, why is mm. your coffee still in my space? Get your coffee out of my space. And so while I knew the other things to deal with, right, I didn't even think about how much I might be triggered by something like food. So I went back through the cabinets. I found a few more items and I just chucked it in the trash. Done. I don't want it. I don't want it anymore. I did that with coffee too. I don't drink coffee at all. And I, but I like the smell of coffee and I don't mind so much when other people drink it, although I don't think it's that healthy, but I saw it and it almost put me over the edge and into Mm -hmm. the trash it went. And sometimes there's satisfying, like with food stuff, well, I'm big into composting and all that. So put it outside, get rid of it. But it's those reminders. It's, they're very painful. You know, it's extremely painful. And you can't up and move your, I mean, some people do, I've done it in the past, up and move your house, right? But maybe you need to rearrange some things or have it in a way that's not going to constantly remind you of what you guys did together. I mean, we've talked about that with the witching hour, Mm -hmm. right? That the reason that's so painful is because it's a reminder of time that you spent together. Yeah. 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 Well, and going back to some of the physical things, when you say, you know, you can't necessarily move per se, one of the very first things that I did was get a new bed. Mm -hmm. Um, I just wanted a new fresh space that was mine. I mean, there was sort of a a divot where my ex had slept because that's just what happens when you sleep in a bed. And I, it was just reminded that there was no one there. I mean, it was literally a a body imprint that was empty. And so I thought, I I don't want this. So I got rid of the bed. Um, well, I hope you got a better mattress too, because your (laughs) mattress should not get a body. Well, Exactly. And it was funny because it actually qualified for a warranty. So I got a free new bed. So it was perfect. <laughs> of course you did. It, it, so it worked out really well. So, but did was, you move other things in your bedroom around? Like, did you change the whole space? I took over, uh, the dresser that was not mine. Mm-hmm. And, and then mm-hmm. I moved into the dresser and that felt really, really good. Same with like the bathroom, you know, the, the, the drawers and all that. It's like, nope, these are mine now. And I jumped right on that. So. Um, but I didn't really change a lot of furniture, uh, but I kind of repurposed and, and sort of rethought about how I used the space. But in, but to me, it was like, all right, I've had the same house I'm in. I've had it with two, two different exes. And so, you know, right. I'm not dating somebody new who comes and stays here too. And so it's like, I can't just move every time I break up with somebody. Yeah. I have to like, think about how I can make this space my own and own it first so that it doesn't feel so physically connected to someone else. But that's really hard also, right? Because if you, if a person ends up moving in with another person, which a lot of people do, you have to let them have their space too. And when they leave, then it just changes it. I mean, breakups are hard. There's just no way around it. And I feel like, okay, make the physical changes. I think social media is huge. Is that considered physical? It's part of the no contact role, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, blocking, I, I've had people tell me to block certain, you know, some exes. I don't block any of my exes. I've had people tell me to block exes. Um, and they just say, go through all your exes and just block them. I'm like, why? I, I don't have any reason right. to, but I am off social media with most of them. There's only a couple of them that I'm actually on social media with. And, um, 
And that's, and it really depends on the, the, the type of social media and, and the kinds of things I'm going to see. I'm not, on, I'm hardly on Facebook, as you know, so I'm not really like on Facebook and going to run into them, but like with LinkedIn, some professional stuff, I have some good relationships with some exes where we work in the same field and it's actually nice to see each other, what, what each other's doing and be able to promote those things. So it just sort of, it, it, it I guess it's all contextual, like what, what right. is going to help in some ways it's, you know, one thing I've done for one breakup doesn't work for the next and vice exactly. versa. Yeah. Well, right. So I don't like a hard and fast rule. I think, you know, there, there are some that, okay, do this for a limited time or whatever. I think initially with a breakup, either you go back and forth with the person, which I have done for months and months and months, like seeing the mm-hmm. person every day and going back and forth. And that actually, now I'm very, very close to that person and we were together for five years. So that wasn't necessarily a bad thing. It was torturous at the time, but I feel like I also needed it, you know, and we worked through a lot of stuff. We continued to hike together um, for like seven months, but I think it depends. It really does. It depends on the context. Is there anger? Is there upset? Is there going to be jealousy? Is your heart broken? You know, like, right. right. Well, and also, do you hang out with the same friend group? Um, I've had, I haven't been in a breakup where we've had the same circle of friends, but I've had other friends who say like, well, is so-and-so going to be at your dinner because then I'm not going to go. So creating some physical boundaries of saying, I'm not going to be in certain places, or I'm not going to go and work out at this gym, or I'm not going to be part of this softball team or whatever it is because the other person is. So, you know, creating some boundaries is, you know, I've heard people say that's, you know, really effective. And that goes back to sort of the no contact rule, but all of this is trying to, trying to figure out how to dissipate those physical reminders of someone else being in that space and then taking over that space, right. With other things that matter. So for me, it might Mm -hmm. just be moving into an ex's drawer, or it could be filling that witching hour. Like we talk about that, that time from, you know, sunset to bedtime with things that I enjoy and sort of repurposing that physical time, finding new groups to join. I joined, you know, I'm in a writing group and, you know, finding other times. So it's, it's, it's dissipating physically what you had with one person and then repurposing it with yourself and or with others, I think. Right. I just got, you know, I told you I have these affirmation things that pop up on my phone and I just sent one to a friend said, I love my own company. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God, I haven't gotten to that. I'm, I'm not that yet, but I am getting there. And, you know, last year at this time, I actually was super happy before I got into a relationship. I was between relationships and I felt really happy. And, this is the existential question, I think, is how do you merge your life with somebody? How do you put your heart in with somebody? And then there's that risk, right? That it's yeah. not going to work out or the actual reality of it doesn't. And it is, it is so hard. It is so hard. I mean, I think it's akin to, you know, an actual death. I mean, when there's a breakup, but, and also I think in some respects it can be, Worse because there's rejection, right? There's that added piece of it takes a toll on your self-esteem. So I, I don't know. We talked about this in one of the first episodes about like how much you put of yourself into that relationship, you know? Right. Well, and, and that's the thing. And I, and I said this in one of our previous ones is, you know, I've been told I love really hard. So if I'm going to love really hard and put myself in really hard, it's going to be that much harder to let go. And I'm also quick to merge stuff up, you know, up until recently, I was moving in with people right and left. Like, well, I mean, not that much, right, but, you Corey. Know. <laughs> yes, exactly. but you know, like, so if I'm all in with my heart and I'm all in physically, like here, moving your stuff in, then it's going to be, 
it's going to be more difficult to let go because I'm, I'm all in. And so, and really I'm, I'm, I'm sort of a U-Haul lesbian. I, I don't, you know, I kind of like the sort of Corey. Okay. So yes. And I'm breaking, I'm breaking that habit by trying to be real healthy. All right, let's move on to the next one here. So this one is really a big one. How do you emotionally let go? Um, and this, let me ask a, a question before we even say, how do we emotionally let go? Do we emotionally let go? And I think the reason I ask that is because, you know, once we have emotionally let go of someone, we have found a way to stop loving them. It's that much harder to start loving them again, if we were to get back together. So, okay, well, here's the question though, loving them or being in love, well, being in love, two different things, right? Like being in love, like a dating relationship, not just caring for them. But like, if you are letting, you know, I have to fall out of love with this person. Once you fall out of love, you know, it'll be nearly impossible to fall back in love with them. So do you hold on and just stay in love with them, hoping that they come back or do you fall out of love with them? That's a very good question. I mean, I don't know. In my current situation, I don't know. I haven't the slightest idea how to let go. I have let go of other relationships easily, you know, because we've kind of gotten to the end of the road where we really have processed so much. And again, that's like, well, how much did you process the breakup together? Was it abrupt? Was it shocking? You know, there's so many different factors that are going to affect how are you going to deal with it? And I think that you have to look at it. Each breakup is like each relationship, totally complex and totally different in its own way. Right. 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 I mean, there were ones that I was like, okay, as soon as we were broken up, I started, you know, trying to distance myself emotionally to try, you know, to fall out of love with that person. In some cases I was already out of love with that person. Um, And, you know, then I had one breakup where I held on um, and didn't want to fall out of love because I was, I had this sort of inkling in the back of my head that we were going to somehow get back together. And I knew it'd be much harder to make it work if I wasn't in love anymore. So I held on and then we got back together and then we broke up again and I held on and we, you know, and I did this and I realized, okay, I'm going to keep going back to, you know, some type of a relationship that is probably not the the best relationship for us because we'd obviously broken up before and, but I'm holding on and it's making it that much harder to move forward. So Um, so I finally made the decision. I have to fall out of love and that's a really, really tricky process. And it's a difficult decision to make because it is really hard to find your way back to each other. At least in my experience, once you have fallen out of love with somebody. Well, it's like turning a corner or hitting a wall. Like you're Mm -hmm. just done, right? Because it's because you cannot hold on to that sadness and that suffering any longer. It's really, mm-hmm. I mean, if it's not working out, if they're not coming back, if you're not going back or whatever the situation is, if you continue to hold on, it's just so painful. I mean, right, right. that's where, you know, I feel like we should do our, our walks, or our, our hikes, you know, our breakup hikes, because it sucks to be alone in that process. And you'd never know when it's going to end and you don't know what's going to trigger it. And it's just, Oh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> if you force yourself, I mean, do you really think you can force yourself to let go? I mean, you've written almost an entire book about this and your process, right? What do you call yourself? Like a type A, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you've gone through this. I'm going to go into the Virgo plan for dealing with a breakup, right? I'm going to do this, 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 and this. But I also feel like, and we've had this conversation, you do have to try in a relationship. I mean, some people just don't, they walk away and, you know, like we had Jessica, uh, you know, De Silva on one of our episodes is about, you know, attachment, right? It depends on what your attachment style is too. 
Right, right. Yeah. How attached are you? Well, and and that's the thing too. Like when I had my breakup plan, I tried a Mm -hmm. whole lot of things. Some of them worked to help me fall out of love and to move forward. And some of them, you know, were just exercises and nothingness. And so like one of the things that I talked about, you know, all the things that that we've talked about in previous episodes, he's like, especially like the breakup truism is like, what does time really heal all wounds? Or, you know, do you start dating someone else? You have therapy. Some of the things that worked for me was time really did sort of create what I call the amnesia effect, but um, you know, therapy helped a little bit. I didn't jump into a new relationship with anyone, although I did get caught up in online dating, but that was more of like a sport for me <laughs> or a hobby yes, than it was. It anything. was, it was, it was insane. Yeah. Anybody yes, wants to. You were very book. good at it. Yeah, it was really, really <laughs> fun with my spreadsheets and everything. It did keep me busy and distracted. Um, but I think a couple of the things that really worked for me to fall out of love and, you know, and I say that in a way that's like, you know, akin to moving on, right. And turning that corner, like you said, one of them was, um, I found was rewriting memories. So, you know, I have some places I've lived in, in Tucson, Arizona for 20 years now. And, you know, I've had a couple significant relationships since I've been here and there are places that I like to go. And I've gone with, you know, both of my exes to these places. And yet I don't want to say, Oh, I can't ever go there again. It reminds me so much of dot, dot, dot. No, I'm like, I love that restaurant. I'm going to go and I'm going to rewrite that memory with new people. I'm going to go with friends, might go on a date. I don't want that, that restaurant to sort of end up being emotionally off limits to me because I have somehow associated it with, with a past relationship. So I just continued on my life. I would go to all the same events. I'd go to all the same things that I did. Um, There was one thing, there's a, a home show where, you know, they set up all the booths with all the, you know, they give away the free tape measures mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And I love going to the home show, but you know, one of my exes, she and I would go to the home show um, pretty much every year and I loved it. And it was time to go to the home show uh, last year. And uh, I was like, I've never been to the home show without her. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, but I want to go to the home show. So I went to the home show and then uh, I went to and you show. won a prize. I did. You? I won a I free believe. air conditioning yes. tune yes. up. It was awesome. Yeah. And then it was so funny because the springtime they have it twice a year and the home show was happening. And uh, the person I'm dating was like, we were talking like, we should go to the home show. And I ended up going with her to the home show. So um, for me, that really helped to kind of not, I don't want to forget the memories because they're great memories uh, that I've mm-hmm. had with access, but I just want them to be that a memory and not like a, a current association with a specific place that makes me not want to go for fear of sadness well, and longing and grief. That's like taking the emotion out of it, right? Being mm-hmm. able to look at the past, but without being super emotional about it. And again, it differs for each person, each breakup, each relationship, you know, I mean, I don't think there's one size fits all, but I think that's what's so good about your plan is if anybody read it, they can take, okay, well, let me try this or let me try that. And that's what you were doing. You were trying a whole bunch of different things, including your insane dating, you know, like <laughs> it was like, it did keep you busy. It did keep you distracted and you tried a bunch of things. I mean, not everything worked, like you said, but what's, why not just try a bunch of things, you know, right. why not? Right. Well, and the other thing too, is I realized that, you know, I mean, we talk a lot about self-love and like, I don't need someone to complete me and all those things and losing someone in my life that, you know, doesn't mean that, you know, I'm never going to have love again. But for me, one of the things that I found was that I had 
some, you know, I had more time to be able to spend with other people that I cared about. I just have a lot of time. Right. So I, you know, I was reconnecting with people and, you know, going to brunches and going on hikes and I met a ton of new people by doing meetup stuff. And so even though I was emotionally letting go of one, I was filling my heart with other emotional connections and it wasn't a replacement. It wasn't, and I'm not trying to find somebody to date so I could replace this other person or even find friends to do that. It just said, I had some more, um, you know, kind of bandwidth, emotional bandwidth that I could spend on, you know, connecting with other people. And I built so many great connections. I mean, I, that was one of the great things from my plan was how to, how to go out there, meet people, make friends. I have a ton of friends, Tracy, you can attest to that tons and tons of people who just really good people who um, I've been able to connect with. And that's filled my, my bucket in so many ways. And you need to keep that up, even though you get in a new relationship. And I think, you know, there's some people who are good at that and some people who aren't, but it's so important because you don't want to rebuild your life at every, you know, relationships end. And I kind of feel like I was in the gym this morning working out and, you know, I've taken like a month off because as you know, we've had a lot going on and I was like proud of myself for getting back in there, for being able to get up in the morning, go to the gym do what I need to do. And, you know, each day I have a realization that like, Hey, I'm not married anymore. I'm not in this relationship. I can do whatever Mm -hmm. I want. You know, I was looking at bands today and I'm like, I'm going to do what I want to do. And nobody is going to get in my way or tell me. And yeah, I talk on the phone at midnight. Sometimes I talk, I used to, when I was married, I had to be in the closet, you know, because the house was so open and there were kids there and my partner was there and like, I couldn't just jabber, 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 jabber on the phone all night. And it's like, woo, I can talk on the phone till midnight. I went and got a puppy. You know what? No one can say a word about it. (laughs) And it's like, you know, that I think if you're saying letting go, it's like realizing your own power to be yourself. Yes. In relationships, you have to make compromise. But I think as we age, I mean, I never expected to be an over 50 divorcee and then broken up with you know that is not what I expected but guess what it is what it is so I'm gonna make the most out of it you know and if I'm gonna get a puppy if I'm gonna play pickleball if I'm gonna you know fix up my house or I'm gonna buy a van if I'm gonna take a new job I'm gonna work a bunch of jobs I'm gonna make myself have the life that I want you know Mm -hmm. yeah well and that I think what you said is really important is this idea is that you know some people will do that as a result of a breakup, right? They go get their hair cut and then they go take up, uh, you know, whatever, some new sport or whatever they might do or take that watercolor class they've always wanted, which is great, right? But the part about what I think I really resonate with is this idea of sustaining that is as mm-hmm. we do some of those things to get to stay busy or to distract us or to just find new connections and new passions, we need to sustain that when we get into another relationship because it's like, oh, well, you know, I only work out when I'm not dating someone because when mm-hmm. I'm dating someone, I don't have time. And so part of that emotionally letting go is also emotionally connecting with yourself in ways that are much longer term than just the interim between relationships. Totally agree. Totally. Yeah. Well, one of the thing I did to emotionally let go that I think worked really well is I did, um, I started writing a book. We haven't really talked about my yeah. book on here. We've made references to my book, but let me talk a little bit about my book. So I, uh, had this one night where I decided, um, I had this, all of a sudden this chatter in my head and it was in November. So it was about six months after my most recent break breakup. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, I should write like an essay. I'm, I'm a writer by trade. Um, and so I do a lot of writing and I've written articles and books and things. And so this wasn't new for me to kind of have a, an idea for writing. And I know Tracy, you had been telling me all along, like, you should write a book. You should write a book. Put it in the book. Yeah. Especially book. after the blood eye drops lady. I know uh-huh. we've had a lot. There was a lot of, a lot of crazy going on the first few months. And, um, and so it was like, oh my gosh, this would be such a great book. And so I decided to actually write a book about my process for kind of coming out of a relationship and, you know, not just, I'm, it's not cliche, like this, you know, find, finding myself kind of thing. It was just mostly like some of the things worked, some of the things didn't, and here's where I am. And then I started chronicling it almost like a journal, um, for the next, what, seven months. And so what I did, mm-hmm. I wrote this entire book that is, one year of a post breakup. And, um, it's really interesting just about my own journey about what I, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with like my breakup itself or my ex or anything. It's just really about like what it was like to go out on a date for the first time and, you know, and, and stuff like that. And, um, you know, just things that I did to sort of move on and, and, you know, and sort of the breakup becomes in the rear view mirror pretty quickly because most of this is just my journey of the first year after this breakup. And there's so many funny things, so many sad things, so many hard things that have happened over the year. And, um, and so a lot of people are really interested and excited about the book. Um, but for me, it, it was a way of giving back, right. Cause I'm going to share a bunch of things, mostly like, do not do this. This was crazy. Right. Um, how-tos, though. How-tos. You have a lot of good how-tos. I've got there a lot of good crazy, only some crazy people. Okay, well, that's true. And, and it's Oh, you of... did get amped up. You did really take the speed dating or the whatever math <laughs> dating really, like, bam, from zero to 100. It was that's amazing true. to watch. That amazing. Was... <laughs> That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's not really like a, it's not like a nonfiction, like how to self-help guide. It's mostly just my story and it's funny. And it's, you know, I know, uh, Tracy, you're all over the book. You're in it as, you know, one of the main characters. I will not divulge your name because it is so cool in the book. Um, but the book itself for me was actually the best thing that I could have done to move. Because it was cathartic for you to do it. It was cathartic. And it felt like at the end product is going to help people. They're going to mm-hmm. find that they're not alone in the ways that they feel and the things that they're trying. I mean, I write a whole chapter in there about going to a labyrinth, like literally like someone had laid out like, like twinkle lights on a, in a park in the shape of like, you know, this spiral circle thing. And we all walked in it and said mantras and I held crystals and, you know, all this stuff. Wait, like, when did you go like as a group? I don't even know about this. No, labyrinth. I went by myself. I found it on meetup and I went by myself and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to this labyrinth. I'm going to say this mantra about, you know, finding self-love. And I go and I'm repeating this mantra and I'm holding these crystals and my hand is getting super sweaty because the crystals are like in there. And they, and so <laughs> I walk around, I'm like, I'm sure that I'm going to feel this cosmic connection to the universe. And I'm going to let go and I'm going to move forward. And I walked out and it was like, the only thing that happened was in between the time I got there and the time I left is I had a sweaty palm and I couldn't remember where I parked. I mean, really that nothing, nothing. So, but it was entertaining and it took up your time. Right. And it kind of ties into all this weird spiritual stuff that you've gotten me into since we met, which in, you know, includes psychics and stuff, but that was our, you know, do we spiritually let go? Like, right. That's a whole other level. What does that even mean? You know, like I had that psychic tell me that my third eye was peeking open. And it was so interesting because that was something I always felt like I'm, I'm over 50. I want to be more spiritual. 
And actually, when you talk about spiritually letting go, okay, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, I guess that's the only other plane. I'm not, I'm not really letting go of anybody spiritually. I'm actually kind of connecting more with them, which is allowing me to let go in the physical plane. Mm. Because I feel like we're all this interconnected thing. And in our spirits and our, you know, the core of us, for the vast majority of us, not Jeffrey Dahmer's, we're like good people, right? <laughs> and I'm sorry, Jeffrey Dahmer was very hurt as a young child. But like, most people are good, but they're so messed up. They're hot messes in real life. And you've got to let go of that hot mess. You've got to let go of that like pain, right? That's constantly attacking you over the relationship. But if you see it in a spiritual way that, look, we're all here. We're all just trying to do what we can. And in the end, we're like this ball of light or ball of energy or whatever. I don't know what happens to us, but I I find that comforting. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that ties a lot into this idea of forgiveness, right? That's part of the spiritual Mm -hmm. process for me is forgiving, forgiving the other person, forgiving myself, forgiving us collectively as to what we did in our, to damage our own relationship. And I, you know, it was interesting as you talked about, it kind of got into this really big spiritual journey, um, you know, over this most recent breakup of mine and really ended up having to go back in time for many, many previous relationships and, and spiritually figure out how to let go of other people and, and be able to forgive and find grace in the connection that we had and, and move forward. And I think you know, for me, that was really a powerful thing. And the forgiveness didn't necessarily mean I had to contact someone and say, I forgive you. It just meant that I found a way to forgive them for what they did, forgive myself for what I did. I mean, it takes two to tango here in most cases. So just forgiving the situation so that I could let it go. Because if you hold on to that, that anger, you're still spiritually connected to someone with anger that, you know, it's that, that same thing that you say is, you know, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Um, it, it's, you know, that, that you're holding on at a spiritual level. And so for me, forgiveness has played a very important role and it's not easy to forgive. It's really, and there's not, no, a it guide. not. it's just, right. it's, you know, it goes back to like the law of attraction and thinking of the good and the positive. And, you know, also for me, forgiveness came from, I, I created a question journal, which was really cool, which was, I asked myself questions that I would have liked to have asked someone else. Um, and so it allowed me to, to jot down what I think they would say and then for, and let it go and forgive, forgive what someone else had done. And so I'm not quite there with a hundred percent with forgiveness with everybody I've ever met in my life, but I really understand the power of it allows me to um, kind of let go of that, really that cosmic connection that's holding me on with, that's really bound by anger and hurt. Right. And I don't want and, that. And it, that's not to say that you can't have anger or that anger isn't useful or helpful at certain points, but at a certain point, anger becomes detrimental to you. It doesn't help. Like I know people are waiting for me to be angry or whatever. And just, I mean, I have my flashes of course. Right. And that's based in hurt. Like I've been really, really hurt. And, you know, I think the spiritual thing is understanding that, yeah, it's only going to hurt me more if I continue to, if I'm angry or if I let that anger take over, but also we have to understand that we're all just kind of flailing about right? None of us are perfect. None of us are, we're raised in the perfect way to know how to be the perfect partner. And we have to have a little, I don't know what you want to call it, grace for ourselves and the other person. This life is hard, Corey. It's right, hard. Right. 
I mean, it's hard I, to get through. Yeah. I mean, I think exactly what you're saying. Like you can physically let go of someone, like you can say, okay, listen, we're not going to talk anymore, but if you're spiritually still connected to them and that, that connection is creating a great deal of pain um, for an extended period of time. And that suffering continues and continues. It doesn't matter how many um, t-shirts you've burned or coffee you've gotten rid of or blocks on your texts that you've done. If you can't spiritually let go, it's going to create that, that angst. And so how, mm-hmm. the question is, how do you spiritually let go? And for me, I found a gateway was forgiveness. I also found another thing that was helpful was validation. I, I went to, I, I was driving down the street I saw there was a psychic fair and I was like, oh my gosh, and this is for a whole other episode, all our psychic stuff, but it's like your um, dream come true, a psychic fair popping up on the street. <laughs> so I, I uh, pulled over and I went in and they had a tarot card reader in there and she was very lovely. And I went in and she drew this one card about my present situation. And if anybody's familiar with tarot cards, I got this one that was the tower and it's on fire and people are jumping out windows. And she's like, hmm, you're going through a difficult time right now, aren't you? <laughs> I was like, I was like, this can't be good. They're literally jumping out of these windows. And then I went the second time and the same tower came up. But what was cool about it from like a letting go perspective is that she kept telling me that I was getting this card because I wasn't yet letting go of the situation. And she Mm -hmm. was helping me figure out that I needed to move on. It wasn't, and I went once a month. So it wasn't until the third month that I went that I didn't get the tower card. And, um, but it was, it was kind of validating like, okay, I am feeling this way. I get it. What does it mean to be jumping out the windows? What does it mean that my tower is on fire kind of from a spiritual sense? And then let me dig deep and figure that out. Mm -hmm. I can move on. And I did, I did a lot of reflection about what that metaphor meant to me and was able to unpack um, a little bit more about my, my feelings and let go. And so finally that third month, I didn't get the tower and that was really kind of, well, refreshing in some way. And, and that's the thing when we say spiritual, it can also be religious. You know, some people yep. really like to go to church and find that solace there. I just watched the Tammy Faye Baker show movie on Hulu and it was amazing. Like she was actually a super loving individual. And it's like, maybe you go and find somebody like that. You know, she was so loving to, to gay people and it really helped a lot of people. Right. So when we're suffering, when we're having this sadness, we've got to find connection with others who can validate and help us. I think that that's, that's been critical, critical in my being able to weather the storms of life, you know? Yep, absolutely. And yeah, so spiritually can mean really just about anything, wherever you find that kind of deeper sense of meaning. And that could be religious, that could be more metaphysical. It could be just within yourself. It could be within nature. Um, some of the things. Yeah. And you can go try them all, try them all, try them. That's the thing that we're saying here. Neither of us are breakup experts. I don't even know what that really looks like to be a breakup expert. I'm sure that there's some out there. My breakup coach, she was great. She was probably a breakup expert, but for the most part, you know, our conversations are just us kind of talking about things that worked for us, things that didn't work for us. And some things work for me that didn't work for you and vice versa. But my biggest thing is with letting go is, is a, it takes a lot of different things to let go. It's not just one thing. B, you're going to do a whole lot of things that aren't going to work and some things that are. Just keep trying. And there might be something that works one day and the next day it doesn't work at all. Exactly. Just keep trying different things until you start to not feel better, but release the suffering. Those are different, right? Feeling better and masked, right? That's me Mm -hmm. eating a pint of ice cream and, you know, and, and, but the difference is, you know, this idea of letting go of suffering is just telling myself, I do not deserve to suffer. I, I want to feel the grief. I want to feel it till it's all been felt, but I don't need to prolong the suffering just for the sake of prolonging it. So some things work and some things don't and just try them all. 100% agree. 
case right. closed, done. We done. figured it out. Let me ask you one question and we'll leave it. We'll wrap up with this one question out of all the things that you have ever done after a breakup. Oh my God. Uh-huh. What is the one thing that seems to work the best for you? I know I'm putting you on the spot here. What is the one thing? Well, never- it's not putting me on the spot. It's just not a good time in my life for that question. Um, I am, I am, I, I can't answer that question. I don't know, actually. And I do, again, I do really think it's just been so different. I guess the one thing would be connecting really. I tell my friends, I need your help. I tell you that yep. all the time. I need your help. That's probably the one thing that, okay, I'm going to answer it with that, that mm-hmm. answer. It's, I tell my friends, I need your help. I am not doing well. I need you. I need you. I'm going to call you every day. I need you to check in on me. This is what I need. That's probably been the most important thing I've ever done for everything, not just breakups, just all of life. You know, I've said this over and over again. It's not an easy life. This is not easy to get through. Even if you look at people and you're like, oh my God, that's the most perfect life, you know? And then their spouse dies or something. Like we don't know what's ahead of us tomorrow. We have no idea. So keeping connection with people that help me. That's, there's my answer. Okay. See, that's a good one. I knew you'd come to one after you circled the the train a few times here, but yeah. um, Well, what about you? Well, for me, I think it's similar. It's certainly tapping into those existing connections, old friends, people who've been around for a long time, family. Um, For me, one of the best ways was talking to my mom um, who mm-hmm. has recently passed away, but she has, she was there for me and she was always like on speed dial every time I wanted to talk and, you know, have a connection. Um, but I think if I want to piggyback on that a little bit, I think it's forging new connections has been really the most powerful. Mm-hmm. I, I think about all the people that I hang out with now and all the people in my life, you know, probably on a day-to-day basis, you know, I don't know, nine out of 10 of them are people that you know, my most recent ex didn't even know. It's just like, a, and that wasn't even right. that long ago. It's just, I have all these kind of new friends and new connections and I have old ones too, and I haven't let them go, but I've created all these new, new memories of people who didn't even know my life, my previous life and just mm-hmm. only this life. And so they're not reminding me or checking in with me. It's more like, just like, this is how it is. I've never known you any other way. And for me, I just, it normalized my new life by having, you know. Well, and plus I came into your life. Let's be frank. <laughs> that was that was day number one of the breakup, and that's true. I mean, let's be honest. I came into your life. <laughs> it's been a trip ever since, and yes, it's it been a mutually beneficial, really great relationship. And I think that that's the thing: deepening, finding those people in the world who are going to help you through it. You know, help you through everything. Yep, exactly. Boom, um, mic drop. All right. Well, with that said. Um, you know, we're, we talked about a lot. We covered a lot of ground on different things that, you know, we, t- you know, around letting go. Can you let go? Should you let go? Do you let go? Really? Those are some big questions to answer. And then how, right? How can you physically let go? You know, toss the coffee, you know, don't get on social media. How do you emotionally let go? Maybe, you know, no contact, you know, meeting new people, rewriting memories. Um, you know, what about spiritually letting go? Maybe that's uh, finding ways for, to find forgiveness and grace. And maybe that's seeking something like, as we talked about, or, you know, religion or spirituality for kind of peace or meaning making. Um, all of these things, we've tried them. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. And um, it really is just up to you uh, as our listeners, what works for you. So with that said, we are going to wrap up yet another awesome conversation of 
rock that relationship. So we hope that you tune in again for more on our season about breakups. So go out there and rock those relationships. If you liked what you heard, check out our show notes for resources from today's episode. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Rock That Relationship and go to our website at rockthatrelationship.com for updated episodes and more great information. Thanks for listening. Now go rock those relationships.